This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to this bonus material episode of Basically. Thank you so much for being Headstuff members. Um, this episode, I really contemplated whether or not to make it a bonus episode because I didn't want necessarily to put this behind a paywall. And then it just felt safer, really, to put it behind a paywall because I feel like the people who are in the community, the Headstuff community, and who pay for the bonus material of the podcast are like a safe crowd of people to tell this story to. Um, So I'm going to tell you guys the full story of the autism diagnosis. Um, Because obviously I I told some of it to the Anton Savage show, um, but it was, you know, a a brief enough interview and... uh, a lot of people have been asking me questions on Instagram. Further questions. So how it started. I It was recommended to me by a doctor like several times throughout my life to my adult life to seek a diagnosis um, of autism. And I just thought like there's just no need for that. I don't I don't identify as autistic. I don't see any autistic traits. Everything I think about being autistic is about being Rain man, I hate maths. I'm not good at with numbers, so I'm not autistic. So anyway, um, during the lockdown, a psychologist recommended to me that I that that I get a diagnosis. And you know, when three people say something to you, it's like, okay, Stephanie, now now is the time to actually look into this. So I did seek a diagnosis. Um, and why did the psychologist say it to me? I suppose it was because like I was becoming very obsessed with the data of COVID like I could have told you how many cases there were in various European countries and you know a lot of you who follow me on Instagram will know that I you know was like the go-to person for COVID information because I found it easy to like stay on top of the data and read all these government documents and I was getting really frustrated at people who were breaking the rules like I'm you know I just didn't understand why people wouldn't stick to the rules that were being given and it was distressing me and a lot of people were suffering from mental health issues but mine were slightly different then I did that podcast with Harry McGee which those of you who listen to all the podcasts will know and it was on social anxiety and Harry was talking to me and I said something about like he was saying you know someone wants to go to the party and they want to fit in and it's too crippling and I was like but what if they don't want to go to the party and he was, I was like, I don't want to go in the first instance. And he was like, you're not, you don't have social anxiety. If you don't want to go in the first instance, you do not have social anxiety. Um, and I was like, God, so what is it? That sort of led me on to looking and I, and I looked into it a little bit. So then I looked into getting a diagnosis and in total transparency, I looked into two places. One was called Honan and Associates and the other one was called the Adult Autism Practice. And the adult autism practice got back to me. They were very friendly. They got back to me much quicker. Um, They were very kind and very, like, very instructive. Like, this is what's going to happen. This is what it's going to be like. Um, And so I went with them to do the to do the assessment um, because I didn't hear back from Home and Associates and whatever. Uh, for a long time and you know I'm sure they're busy that's I'm not discounting them for that but you know for me I'm someone who likes immediate responses and to 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 know what's going on so that all happened and um they send me on the so they explain what's going to happen and then they send you on the 
some intake forms which ask you to go through your let me actually just get it up here which ask you to go through some of your past experiences so they asked me questions they asked my mother questions they asked Noel some questions um, and I fill them all in and I send them back you get an intake form and the intake form asks so it says why filling in this form is helpful many of our clients have expressed that they feel anxious that they won't be able to get out everything that they, that they want to during the zoom session so sending this information to your psychologist in writing means that you can give all the information that you want to give in the way that you want to give it there's a lot of information that we need to cover providing information in advance means that your zoom session will feel much less rushed as a lot of important areas will already be covered sending the information to us in advance helps your psychologist to know what the important areas are blah 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 so it's that's a long document that explains why you're doing it and then they ask some of these questions I'm going to give you like 10 of the questions number one why do you think you might be autistic number two your current previous work or study your living situation your family of origin do you have any other previous diagnosis so there I was like you know depression anxiety eating disorder which are all comorbid with, with can like all kind of fall under autism in different ways or can be explained by autism in my case, but not in all cases. What things make you feel happy and relaxed? What things make you feel anxious, irritated or frustrated? What is your ideal way of communicating with others? What works best for you? Written, format, text, phone, email or talking? Do you prefer others to repeat what they've said? Do you prefer information given in a particular way? Do you prefer people to talk in one-on-one -on -one or in small groups? Please explain and expand. Please provide some information on your experience in this area. Interacting with others, small talk, conversations, sharing experiences, feeling with others. And like I've often said, like I just cannot do small talk. So under these things, I'm writing um, different, like I'm writing my answers. So in this answer, it says like, I feel like everyone has had a script that I haven't been given. I used to drink in social situations because I didn't know what to say so I would just keep the drink up to my mouth and when I didn't know what to say I would take a drink. It makes me want to peel off my skin when I'm in a situation where people are doing chit chat. I don't know what to say. I always have to excuse myself or hand over to someone blah 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 so I go into those things and then the next question is please provide some information on your experience in this area. Non-verbal communication, eye contact, body language, reading other people, picking up on cues. The next question is, do you feel that you mask or camouflage in certain situations? Give a bit of information if you do. Have you had to put in a lot of effort over the years learning to understand people? And then friendships and relationships. So there's like a lot of questions um, that you fill in. Then the next ones are, do you have issues with sleep? Do you think, do you think someone who knows you well, a friend or a partner, would describe you? How do you think they would describe you? Um, how do you think someone who doesn't know you well would describe you? How would you describe your attention skills? So you fill in this big form. It's seven pages long, but the sum of the seven pages are including instructions. And then um, you also um, fill in some risk assessment forms and some, like, they screen you for, like, ADHD and stuff. And then you do that, and then they that decides whether or not you are um, eligible for an autism assessment. Because from that document, they will be able to say, you know, you, I don't think that you meet, you know, you, there's no need for you to get an assessment. You're not autistic. Or, yeah, let's see if, if it might be autism in your case. So I did that and they came back to me and they said, um, uh, you know, yes, we will see you for an assessment. And they send you the, you have to pay them. It's 850 euro. And you pay the invoice and then they send you a link and you... um 
you click on that and you book in when your session is. It takes three sessions from there and you can book in. Um, so you get a psychologist and um, so let's say my psychologist was called like Dr. F. Um, so they're like, these are Dr. F's available times. We recommend that you leave two to three days between each session at least to process everything. So I booked my first one and then I had my first one. And basically she goes through all of that stuff that you've already written and asks you more questions about it and, um, you know, gets a little bit further detail on it. And what you're actually doing there is going through the DSM-5. So the DSM is um, the diagnostic model for diagnosing autism. And you have to meet certain criteria. Um, You have to meet, there's two different sections and you have to meet, I think, like three in the first section and all in the second section. So you do that session with her. I think it took about an hour and a half. And then you go off on your day and then she sends you another intake form, another one of those um, uh, documents, an outline for session two. And the areas that you cover are hand and body movements or vocal sounds that you find calming, dealing with change or managing transitions, routines, particular ways of doing things like arranging your belongings, preparing food, the clothes that you wear, your hobbies and interests and how you like to engage in them and your sensory experiences. So preferences for things that and um, preferences for things and things that might be difficult to tolerate. And then in that session as well, they also look at other things that might have happened in your life that might be alternative explanations to your symptoms rather than autism. So it could be like trauma, mental health issues or medical issue. So you fill in that and then you book in your next session and in the next session you go through all of those answers that you that you gave and then you know by the end of that session she's able to say like by the end of the first session she's saying look I think this you know there are some facets here which are artistic traits and how that feel and you talk about that and then in the next session that second one she's able to say like based on this and due to the fact that you don't have a significant traumatic event that happened before all of these symptoms started occurring you don't have a medical condition that explains it and your mental health issues are not you know the cause then this is meeting the criteria for autism under the DSM-5. So that in that second one, that's when you get the actual diagnosis. And then the third one is like, and what do you do now? You know, like, so then she takes you through that. Um, and, and there's also like, they send you documents on making Zoom more comfortable for you. Um, it was a really lovely experience, um, like quite difficult, but the best experience. I thought that over Zoom would be like really difficult, quite informal. But actually, it was much easier and less intense to be able to be just like sitting in my own house, answering my questions, able to move around if I wanted to, able to turn off my screen if I wanted to, able to have like my things that I play around with, my things that I fidget with, my hot water bottle, all this kind of stuff that I like to have um, made it really comfortable. So if you're considering it, I would highly recommend it. Um, And... Then after that, so then you get a session with um, a company called Thriving Autistic and um, it's just sort of like a post-diagnosis session with an autistic um, psychologist, 
count, but autistic professional, um, to just talk you through, like welcome, you know, talk to you about the autistic community, things you might need, things you might want, and so I did that over Zoom as well, and you know that was really because the psychologist that I was diagnosed by, by she's not autistic, so this was like the first autistic person that. Um, you know that that kind of like shares her experience as well so I found that really beneficial I'm also very lucky because I'm friends I have autistic friends um, and I've made autistic friends through my work and um, so I had a lot of support but I can imagine how people might not have and, and that might be scary so um, so since then so then um so then it's like okay so like that's the explanation that's what's going on but then it feels almost like you're having an identity crisis you're like oh my god all of these things that happen throughout my life so some of you will have read my books particularly my first book why can't everything just stay the same which like now when you read it like Adam Harris has said we could use this as like a (laughs) as a you know a case study in autism like it's so very clear that your experiences were autistic experiences and a lot of you in the in on Instagram have messed me and been like I thought you always knew that you were autistic and since I read your book I knew that you were autistic and while you know it's problematic to diagnose someone over the internet but it's been quite clear so it, I feel like some part of me feels a little bit embarrassed about it and some part of me feel like that I didn't know and then other parts of me feel I guess relieved and then other parts of me are like yeah but now so what am I meant to do and I guess what I'm learning is that I have to ask for little accommodations now because I don't have to continue to just always be the one who adapts when I find situations difficult that like the world wasn't made for me the world was made for people who have a different brain to me and so I find it a little bit difficult and so it's okay to ask like hey can we can we turn down the volume a little bit on this so that I can hear the conversation we're having or would you mind if I brought you know, would you mind if, like, I can't really, like, do you mind if we don't meet outside because I find the cold, like, I experience cold very profoundly and I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't like the cold either, but, like, it, it physically hurts me, so please, can we not meet outdoors? Um, and if that means that you don't want to meet because of COVID, that's fine, but I can't meet you outside unless we're walking very, very quickly and I'm able to build up a sweat. Um, Or say to doctors, like, please, if I'm in a, if I'm in a busy waiting room, I'm not going to be able to understand what you're saying so can I wait outside in my car and then bring me in and then I'll I won't be overstimulated and you know and and sometimes it feels like really embarrassing to ask for those things because I feel like I feel like well I got on for so many years without asking for them and then it's like well did you Stephanie like or were you really anxious all the time you know quite stressed avoiding your life sometimes and that is true that is the case and so in order not to do that I have to ask for little accommodations or accommodate myself where I can you know so knowing okay well this thing is going on really late tonight and it's a work thing so I'm going to be pretty useless to people tomorrow so let's not book anything in the diary tomorrow or you know little things that I have to do to accommodate myself but all of that feels like a lot of work and a lot of it is a lot of like mental maths that I have to do now of like do I have the energy for this and I guess it's good to know that the reason that I find things difficult um but I'm also learning like that the reason that I'm brilliant 
is also because I'm autistic. Like the reason that I can write scripts and I can write articles and I can perceive the world and be observant and and make these little observations about things that other people didn't notice. But when I highlight them, they're like, oh, yeah, like that's also because my brain works differently. I process things a mile a minute all the time. I'm reading people's body language, reading their facial expressions, looking at how things work and questioning whether they're the best ways. And, you know, there's also huge strengths. Um, And I think post-diagnosis, it's easy to just focus on the negative because the negative are the things that we need support for. Um, So, yeah, a lot of people have asked me on Instagram, you know, like, should they get diagnosed or... Um, I don't I don't know if anyone should get like I can't I can't tell you but if you felt like me like there was always you were always a little bit off like always a little bit too something too if you were told that you were too shy or too intense or you took things too far or you didn't engage enough or you always felt just a little bit off like I put in a lot of efforts into my friendships I used to I was the first one of my friends to drive I used to pull up outside their houses and be like oh what what CD does this part like what music do I like when I'm with this person and just trying to change myself to be like other people and trying to fit in in a way that meant I know I need to change a little bit to fit in with these people those are things that I now realize were facets of autism and it's much harder to diagnose in women because we're better at we're socialized differently so we're better at like being a good friend and mimicking our girlfriends and you know it's it's harder and it manifests differently um I can't I don't know what when people say like what's the benefit of getting diagnosed it's like what's the benefit of getting your eyes tested like (laughs) yeah like you'll find out that you have bad vision and then you will be offered solutions to help you with that yeah, sure, you can go around for your whole life with poor vision because you don't want to wear glasses, but, like, you're not really living your best life, are you? And you're going to have headaches and you're going to have, you know, you're not going to see the individual leaves on the trees, right, because you don't have your glasses on. So, like, this is who I am. And I was this person before I knew and after I knew. And, um, and even though it's difficult, it's definitely better than not knowing, I think. And I think in time it'll be even more amazing and I'll be able to be, I don't know, like, and not necessarily an advocate, but like a role model. Right now, I don't feel like a very good role model because I'm <laughs> sort of floundering a little bit. But, you know, I am autistic and I am brilliant and people will know that you can be autistic and brilliant and that's really important because I'm not sure that that narrative has been out there in the general public. Because the reason I didn't get diagnosed for so long was because I just didn't think in a million years I could be autistic. So a lot of people have messaged me on Instagram, asked me individual questions. I'm very happy to chat on Instagram. I chat privately on Instagram with people. Sometimes it can take me a little bit of time to see it because my DMs overwhelm me sometimes. But I'm very happy to talk. And if you feel like you might need a diagnosis, I'm happy to talk in more detail if you have specific questions. Um, 
but that is how I got my diagnosis and that was the process and that was the cost and the place and if you want to go there it's adult autism practice and if you want to ask me more questions first that's fine and if you want to go to Honan and Associates that's also like they're really highly recommended my psychologist recommended them to me too Um, so it's really up to you and I know a few people who have gone and been not diagnosed you know where they've gone to the assessment and it's not autism so you know you can rest assured that you know if you are they'll pick it up and if you're not then great they'll explain what it might be so thank you for joining me for this explanation sorry my voice is a bit shaky I'm a bit nervous um but I know that this is just a community of people who are you know who have signed up to be head stuff podcast members and it's a safe place and if you want to continue to be part of the community that's cool that will happen there that you can pay that every month but if it, we've changed the the website now so if you have a couple of tough months coming up and you feel like you can't afford the fiver then you can pause your membership or you can shut it down if you really don't feel the benefit of it anymore um and if you just came for this episode i hope that you stay for more um whether or not you subscribe or not is up to you but i'm really grateful for people who are here now and i'm really excited about the merch that we have on sale for headstuff podcast members if you buy a notebook you get a free pen the notebook i think is around 15 and the pen is five but you'll get a free pen if you buy the notebook, um, which is like almost the cost of a month's um, <laughs> membership anyway. So, um, and I'm really excited to do a live podcast. We couldn't do it in December because it just was a bit irresponsible. Um, so we're going to do that in spring with Luke and someone else that I'm not sure yet. But um, yeah, I'm super excited about that. And you guys will get first access to those tickets too. So thank you for tuning in. And let me know what you thought of the BOMA. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.